You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Well, it is my privilege to be here with you. Um, my name is Scott Sokol, and for those of you who don't know, I am the uh, pastor over at One Vision, formerly Opportunity Village in Clear Lake. And I've been over there was been over there for six and a half years. Worked four years in the cottages doing personal support with uh, the folks living on campus, and got to got to be uh, a part of the services that happened there every week. Um, the pastor Rich Murray was uh, was conducting, and um, I, I remember coming over and filling in for Pastor Rich a couple times, and I just thought, man, this guy's got the neatest ministry job you could have. And, uh, and then uh, about two and a half years ago, Pastor Rich retired, and they asked me if I was interested in the position. So I've been serving now as their you know, kind of a chaplain, kind of a ministry role. And in my work, I do a lot of, uh, depending on what's going on, I do a lot of uh, hospital visitations. I, I am visiting people in the homes. I am at times conducting funerals, um, which can be difficult sometimes because I know these folks so well. I visit uh, 37 properties every uh, six weeks, uh, visiting folks in homes from Mason City to Fort Dodge to Osage to, uh, boy, I tell you, um, Norris Springs, the Eagle Grove. And it's, re- it's a really been a privilege. And I do that so that when one of our folks is in trouble, when they're hurt, when they're in the hospital, they know me when I show up. And so uh, it's, been one of, it's been a great privilege for me to operate in that capacity. And, and a lot of churches, as I've, I do some presentations for One Vision, a lot of churches think of us all moving off campus as being a bad thing. And when, in fact, when I see people living in private homes here in Mason City and other cities in there, uh, we're connecting them to jobs in the community, almost 100 in the last year and a half, into, 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 into regular paying jobs in the community, I see it as being a great thing for our folks. So that's kind of my little infomercial for One Vision. My family and I just got back from, from, um, from um, Indiana as well. So I don't know if we we're where Pastor Jeff and Janie are at, but I just came back from a week in Indiana. That must be where the pastors go when they go on vacation, right? <laughs> they go to Indiana. But no, it's been, my, it's been my privilege. I've known the Dollins now for, oh, 10, 12, 14 years, I'd guess. Done, done a lot of children's ministries in the parks here in town over. We do, we do the children's festival ministries uh, over in the Monroe Park and the Hanford, the Georgia Hanford Park. And I have a lot of respect for the Dollins. And uh, it's a privilege uh, for me to be able to be here. And I got to tell you, um, I, I needed that praise and worship this morning. I came in, I came in, didn't sleep very well last night, uh, got stuck behind a train for, you know, for about 10 minutes uh, this morning over on B20 and got a little tickle in my throat. So just to be with God's people as we worship him in such, in such a, an intimate, uh, God-glorifying way is really a, a big shot in the arm for me. So we worship him during the week, but as we come together and we worship, there's just really a neat sense of, of the spirit of God here at this church that I really, I really appreciate. Well, I want to share with you a message that I, I feel the Lord has laid on my heart. I was really going to, as I was praying about what I should share this morning, I, I was looking at, at going in a couple different directions, and I feel good about where I feel the Lord has led me. 
as we're about to enter into the new year. And so the title of my message this morning is Looking Back as We Look Forward. Looking Back as We Look Forward. And my primary text is going to be Hosea chapter 7, verses 1 through 16, for those of you who have your Bibles uh, with you. And I, I, I sent PowerPoint over uh, yesterday, so I think we're in pretty good shape. Now, one of the things that I've come to realize as I get older is that my body is changing. Yeah, do we, do we, do we have a, can I get an amen on that, right? My body's changing. For example, my energy level is what it used to be. I don't heal from injuries as quick as, as I used to. I've also found it's hard to keep my body at a weight that I feel comfortable with. Is anybody else, uh, especially after the Christmas holiday, right? I think I gained five pounds at Grandma's house. And so we do things like we exercise, we take vitamins, uh, we, we try to get good sleep, we watch what we eat. When I think of all the, uh, the things in our lives, I think we all have these areas that we wish we could be better in. Places we wish we could grow, maybe pounds that we think we can lose. And so coming into the new year is a good time to evaluate some of these things. Now we talk about New Year's resolutions and, you know, kind of for some people they're kind of a joke, right? Because statistically, um, USA Today says that 25% of people with a New Year's resolution fail in the first week, 25% fail in the first week, and 50% fail in the first month. And so if we're, gonna, if we're looking to change, if we're looking to grow, if we're looking to, to uh, serve God better, it's something we need to be very serious about. And I know that as for me, as I look back over the past year and look to the year to come, I have made a couple New Year's resolutions I plan to keep. Maybe you're in that boat with me. The beginning of the year is a good time of looking up to God as we look back over the year that we're exiting from and as we look to the year in front of us. It's a good time to stop and think about what we are accomplishing in our lives and maybe what are some of the areas that we're kind of just meandering in. It's a good time to set goals, to build a better future. Now, my children recently pointed out that I've got some gray hair coming in on the sides of my head. Usually when a man's hair begins to turn gray, it's a sign, it's a milestone, maybe a compliment of wisdom. But perhaps it's also a sign of physical decline, right? But I guess hair turning gray beats the alternative of it turning loose, yes. right? And being over the hill beats being under it. Yes. What we have in our text this morning is evidence of spiritual decline. Hosea has much to say about spiritual decline, which is a danger for all of us who are Christ followers. And so here's a question I would like us to ask ourselves this morning. Am I growing spiritually or am I declining? Am I growing spiritually or am I declining? And with that in mind, let us read our passage, Hosea chapter 7, verses 1 through 17. Whenever I would heal Israel, the sins of Ephraim are exposed and the crimes of Samaria revealed. 
They practice deceit. Thieves break into houses. Bandits rob in the streets. But they do not realize that I remember all their evil deeds. Their sins engulf them. They are always before me. They delight the king with their wickedness, the princes with their lies. They are adulterers, burning like an oven whose fire the baker need not stir from the kneading of the dough till it rises. On the day of the festival, our king, the princes become inflamed with wine and he joins hands with the mockers. Their hearts are like an oven. They approach him with intrigue. Their passions smolder at night. In the morning, they blaze like fire. All of them are as an oven. They devour their rulers. Their kings fall, and none of them calls on me. Ephraim mixes wine with the nations. Ephraim is a flat cake not turned over. Foreigners sap his strength, but he does not realize it. His hair is sprinkled with gray, but he does not notice. Israel's arrogance testifies against him. But despite all of this, he does not return to the Lord his God or search for him. Ephraim is like a dove, easily deceived and senseless, now calling to Egypt, now turning to Assyria. When they go, I will throw a net over them. I will pull them down like birds in the sky. When I hear them flocking together, I will catch them. Woe to them, because they have strayed from me. Destruction to them, because they have rebelled against me. How I long to redeem them, but they speak about me falsely. They do not cry out for me from their hearts, but wail on their beds. They slash themselves, appealing to their gods for grain and new wine, but they turn away from me. I trained them and strengthened their arms, but they plot evil against me. They do not turn to the Most High. They are like a faulty bow. Their leaders will fall by the sword because of their insolent words. For this, they will be ridiculed in the land of Egypt. Now in this text, Hosea talks about five sins that lead to spiritual decline that you and I need to guard against. Let's look at these one at a time in our time remaining this morning. I'm going to pray for us as we begin. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you for this very strong wording in, in the book of Hosea. I thank you, Lord God, that like a good father, you discipline those that you love. And I pray, Lord, that as we start to exit out of 2018, as we come through our next, our next couple days and head towards the year to come, Lord God, I help us you would... I pray that you would help us to look back over our year and, and just examine it, Lord. Are we loving you the way we should? Are we serving you the way we should? Are we glorifying you, Lord, in the things that we say, in the things that we do, even in our thoughts? And I thank you, Lord God, that we can't work our way to heaven, but you accomplished it all for us on the cross when you hung there in our place. Your blood covers our sins, Lord, and we're so thankful that when we leave this earth, Lord, we will be with you in heaven. But Lord, help us to shake off the things that hinder us and the sin that so easily entangles us so that we can run a race, Lord, a good race for you. So I pray, Lord God, you would use this passage and, and you would open our ears, Lord, 
Help us to be open to your leading. Help us to see areas of our life where maybe we're not pleasing you. Maybe things, Lord God, we're doing that, that are distracting from, from our mission. Lord, I thank you so much for the privilege of being here. Most of all, Lord, I pray that you'd be glorified. And I pray these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So the first sin that Hosea talks about is the sin of falsehood. In verse 1 of our passage, we read, Whenever I would heal Israel, the sins of Ephraim are exposed, and the crimes of Samaria revealed. They practice deceit. Thieves break into their houses, bandits rob in the street. Now as we read this verse, we need to ask ourselves, am I guilty of this? Do I practice deceit? Now the last thing that many of us are unwilling to do is to admit our failure. So we grow cold spiritually. We do everything possible to keep up the appearance that all is okay. We say amen when we're right with God. But when we're out of step with God, sometimes we say it all the louder. But friends, God knows our hearts. In verse 2 we read, But they do not realize that I remember all their evil deeds. Their sins engulf them. They are always before me. Now there are three perspectives that I can take. The first is my ego, which is what I think about myself. I can focus on that. The second is my reputation. That's what other people think of me, and many of us are worried about what people think of us. But the third is my character, which is what God knows about me. Oh, friends, I pray that that's what we will focus on in the coming year. This past year, many of us focused on ourselves and what other people think. But friends, now it's time for a change. Now it's time for us to focus on heaven and think about the only one that we should try to impress as we enter the new year. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 8, we read, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And we think, that could never happen of me. But remember the words that Paul spoke to the Corinthians, Take heed lest you fall. Because, friends, no matter how far we've grown in grace, all of us are still in danger of spiritual decline. And so we must guard ourselves from the sin of falsehood. Secondly, we must guard ourselves from the sin of adultery. We read in verse 4, They are all adulterers, burning like an oven whose fire the baker need not stir from the kneading of dough until it rises. Hosea had pointed out that they had turned their hearts to love other gods and to worship things other than the one true God, which is spiritual adultery. And we say to ourselves, well, we don't have those problems in America. We don't have idols of wood and stone, but friends, we have our own idols. They're just in different shapes. They're in the shapes of houses and cars and money and positions and careers and hobbies. So many things that we put before the Lord. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, we read, 
Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. When I read this verse, I think about Lot. And we remember Lot, right, back in the Old Testament. Lot was fine as long as he was with his uncle Abraham. But when he, when he was left on his own, he looked at Sodom and he was lured away because of his love for the world. I think of the Apostle Peter. You think of this strong, brash fisherman. He's the one that cut off the guy's ear in the garden of Gethsemane. He said that he would go with Christ even if it meant his own death. But only a few hours later, he was warming himself by the enemy's fire, denying that he ever knew Christ. In the epistles, Paul speaks of Demas, a man who turned his back on Paul. And it's amazing how many Christians today follow in the example of Demas by turning their backs on the Lord to pursue all this world has to offer. We read in verse 8 of our passage, Ephraim mixes with the nations. Ephraim is a flat cake, not turned over. Now, a flat cake would kind of be like a pancake. Do we have any pancake fans here today? I know that I, I like my pancakes. But I sure wouldn't want to eat a half-cooked pancake. That does not sound pleasant at all. And so, silly question, what is a half-cooked Christian? What is a half-cooked Christian? <laughs> a half-cooked Christian is someone who is riding the fence. They've got one foot in the world and one foot in their faith. The most miserable people on earth are in this position, the half-cooked Christian. They have just enough Jesus in them that they can no longer fully enjoy the things of this world. But they hold on to enough of this world that they can't enjoy the relationship with Christ, the peace, the joy, the goodness, the patience, the hope that comes from honoring him. They're a half-cooked Christian. And the gospel says, Jesus tells us, do not love the world. During this past year, some of us became more like the world. Let's put a stop to that. Let's make a change and focus on heaven as we come into the new year. The third sin that Hosea speaks of is the sin of prayerlessness. Look with me at verse 7. All of them are as a hot oven. They devour their rulers. All of their kings fall and none of them calls on me. This, this one is one of the main causes a spiritual decline. Because when our prayer life goes cold, so does the rest of our walk with the Lord. In the midst of our busy schedules, those of us who are running around like a, a cat with our tail between our legs, running our kids to events, we've got jobs, some of us, some of us have uh, another job, more jobs, both a husband and wife working. It is so easy to let those things crowd its way into our life and rob us of our time with the Lord. I'm guilty of this myself. As a minister, I get so busy sometimes. I've looked, I've looked up on a Wednesday and think, you know what? I've not had good time with the Lord all week yet. It's something that we have to watch out for. And let me ask you, if you could live this year over again, would you read your Bible more? Would you pray more? Friends, reading the Bible is God talking to us. 
Our prayers, us talking to God, both of them are vital to have a healthy relationship with him. In this past year, some of us allowed our prayer lives to be crowded out. But now let's focus on having to make a change as we begin to enter the new year. So we need to guard ourselves from the sin of prayerlessness. The fourth sin is spiritual weakness. We read in verse 9, Foreigners sap his strength, but he does not realize it. His hair is sprinkled with gray, but he does not notice it. What he's talking about here, friends, is a lack of fruitfulness, like a tree that does not bear fruit. And so we need to ask ourselves this morning, is there any real spiritual fruit evident in our lives? Do I have a meaningful place in the body of Christ where I use my spiritual gifts to honor him? Jesus tells us in John chapter 15, verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go bear fruit, fruit that will last. I'm sorry to say that I've known many Christians over the years that have become weak and unfruitful. They go to church. Some of them even serve in different capacities, but they have no strength. So the question is, where does our strength come from? Well, physically, our strength comes from a proper diet and good exercise. Spiritually, our strength comes from a consistent time with God in Bible and prayer. Friends, there's no secrets. It's, it's bowing our knees every day, bowing our hearts, giving the day to him. Finding that time, making that our priority. Famous missionary Watchman Nee once said, no Bible, no breakfast. I bet a lot of us, if, us, if we waited to pray before our breakfast, we'd do a lot more praying, wouldn't we? The foreigners spoken of in verse 9 are the other things that take the place of our time with God. They are the other things we feed on. This past year, a good, a good number of us fed the wrong things. But now it's time to make our relationship with God the number one priority in our lives. So let us focus on heaven as we prepare to enter the new year. The fifth sin here in our text is the sin of rebellion. We read in verses 13 and 14, Woe to them, because they have strayed from me. Destruction from them, because they have rebelled against me. How I long to redeem them, they speak lies against me. And so disobedience is the essence of rebellion. It's complaining against God. We often become bitter over his dealings with us. The trials he makes us go through, knowing that they're for our good and for his glory. Or we rebel against a message like this one, refusing to look at areas in our lives where we need to change. When in reality, friends, we need to do business with God, especially right here as we enter into a new year. And so how do we guard ourselves from spiritual decline? How do we avoid the debilitating sins of falsehood, of spiritual adultery, of prayerlessness, of weakness and rebellion? When closing, let me share with you three simple steps 
for avoiding spiritual decline in your lives. The first one is self-examination. Take a few minutes and just think back over this past year. Think about your life, how you used the time God gave you. Think about your habits. Think of what you did when you were by yourself, when you thought nobody was looking. Self-examination. Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 40 reads, Let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to the Lord. Friends, we all need to spend some time in self-examination. Self-examination leads to the next one, which is confession. Friends, when we let the, when we let the sin set in our heart, when we, when we don't deal with it, it's like putting a wall between us and the Lord. It prevents us from having any real relationship with him. In contrast, we read in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So we need to examine ourselves and we need to clear the air between us and God, allow him to wash us white as snow. And then the next step is progression. We progress from there. We read in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Examine ourselves, confess our sins, and move on. And move on. Friend, God's got a plan for us, each and every one of us. And it's a good plan. It's a plan to prosper us, not to harm us. It's a plan to give us a hope and future. And so, so we need to look, as we enter this new year, at new ways we can serve God. How we can be faithful. Friends, our life is but a morning mist. We're only here for a short time. We've only got a little time to serve him and honor him and do something that has eternal value in our lives. So as we go forward, let us serve God, let us honor him with our lives as we focus on the year to come. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.